I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. Welcome to another one of our old school podcasts. I'm Rick Lasky, along with my best buddy, John Salka. And uh, we, we were always working through some topics. And uh, some of these uh, just come out of left field sometimes. It's just us sitting around talking. And you know, all of a sudden, right, John, you go, hey, this would be a great topic for us to share. And that's what we've been doing, just just, just talking shop and sharing information. And, uh, um, you know, for, for FDIC, uh, we, we did it the past, uh, well, couple years and then this year again and we'll do it again next year but uh one of the classes bobby's had us doing is our our field chief officers training program which turned into our field chief officers Mm -hmm. training academy which for our for our listeners uh for a lot of you that have been through our company officer academies both with columbia southern university a great institution we love csu and they're awesome extremely professional and just a great group uh and then we've done some on our own uh, obviously, we got Spring, Texas coming up, Spartanburg, uh, you know, South Carolina, and we've 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 done Hutchinson and uh, oh golly, Northwestern Indiana with with uh, uh, Michigan City and South Bend and Laporte and all them. A um, lot a lot of different places, a lot of different great groups. But John, when we do our battalion chief classes, which we've got those scheduled already this year, um, our field chief officers training academy for those that. For those that are, whether they call them district chiefs, uh, battalion chiefs, uh, shift commanders, uh, some actually are captains that ride in a vehicle uh, and serve as a shift commander, not necessarily a battalion chief. But for those people out there doing the day-to-days, uh, uh, you know, running fires, running shifts, whatever, hell, and, and, and for some cases, even some of those Monday through Friday chiefs they need to get out of the office, um, I think one of the things we, we, we need to talk about, and, and you brought it up before, is the importance of the battalion chief or the shift chief or that field chief, let's call it that, that field chief, making rounds, man, making rounds, visiting the firehouses, visiting training sessions, training activities, and so on and so forth. But let's talk about that for a little bit, John, about the importance. Because a lot of places, unfortunately, you know, a lot of good chiefs out there that don't recognize the absolute value behind getting these men and women out there with the companies, right? Absolutely. And, and, you know, when you say battalion chief, district chief, you know, field level chief, the folks that are out there responding on first alarms with the companies, you know, and in a volunteer fire department, that will be a first, you know, the chief, the first assistant, second assistant. They're, they're not, obviously we're not talking so much about volunteer chiefs because you don't have crews on duty in your stations. It's right, like really right. visit. But when we start talking about these first level chiefs, um, you know, most of them, got, most of them are senior people. They're not, not too many brand new folks there. Most of them have been there. They've been through a couple of ranks already. They've been through a couple of officer ranks or at least one, you know, and uh, they probably got a good, a good idea of what's going on in the fire department, what, what, what's good and what's not so good and what works well. And they probably know most of the people. Um, 
yet, yet it's still amazing that both you and I, and I'm sure the folks that are listening have heard the stories, or maybe they're living through it. I, I, we just keep hearing stories about places where ah, the Chiefs don't get out much. They don't really come by much. And, you know, there's always a story about, oh, we're the, we're the last house on the west-hand side of the city and, the, you know, the western, the western border. and The Alamo. They get out that way too much. They're pretty far away. They're, they're really in the, the, most, the most distant east side firehouse. So it's really a big ride. We don't see them much. And that's an exception. And I'm not saying that's any different because they deserve to get a visit and get and the benefits that, that go along with it as well. But short of that, I mean, it really is important, just like you said. I was a chief officer for a long time in the Bronx. And now listen, I'm not telling you there weren't days where I didn't feel like leaving quarters. I'm not telling you there weren't days where I, where I walked in and talked to the guy that was going home and exchanged information and talked about what things that were happening. And I was like, oh, man, look at all the work I got to do today. You know, there's been plenty of times where I've come in in the morning or the afternoon for a shift and I realized I'd be lucky if I get out tonight, you know. And just like training, I remember writing an article about making time for training, not finding time for training, making time for training. You know, it's the same thing here. You got to make time to get out there. And if you're a battalion chief or a district chief, you're riding around in a fire car, whether you're driving yourself or you've got an aide driving you, you got to get out there. And, you know, there's no absolutes. It's not like you got to get out and spend an hour in each place every day all, all the time. But you, you got to make a regular visit all the time. And, and it does a lot of things. You know, it, it, it certainly benefits you as a chief officer. Um, and I think you'd agree with me, Rick, that getting out there and visiting stations opens your eyes to some stuff that if you're not there for two or three shifts, something that they start doing, they can finish doing by the time you stop by if, if you're not out there all the time. Oh, especially with, you know, I used to say this before, as a day chief, it's hard enough with three and maybe four shifts, depending on where you're at, to miss seeing people, to miss that opportunity to get caught up with folks. But, and I, I want to touch on something that, that, that we, we start off with a little bit too. You just mentioned about getting out. You know, there, there are some good chiefs out there that, you know, they, they, they need help. They don't have a staff. Uh, they're limited and, and, you know, to get everything done that city hall is pushing out in the city manager, the mayor's office, they end up, and, and, and I think it's a lot of times on accident, John, sometimes they think it's, oh, well, this is a great idea and it's not, but they end up tying their BCs to the desk, man. They end up tying the handcuff to the desk with ad, administrative work. And, you know, I've got these chiefs on and we're going to have them here. And I don't need all these other deputies, assistant chiefs on days. Cause I have these other chiefs who are just riding around doing nothing. I can give them more stuff to do. And in essence, and I, you've seen, I, we've been to a bunch of places where I, I think when you go in as a consultant, as you go in as, as an outside resource for a department that's going through a leadership problem, a leadership dam, if you will, that's all dammed up. I think part of that is when the BC, the shift commander doesn't get out with the troops, like you said, doesn't get out and visit. And, and I remember when I got to Louisville in 2000, you know, one of the things we met with the BCs, it had great BCs was I need you guys out in the stations more. I need you, you know, and, and it's an old Chicago thing. Eddie Enright used to show me. You make your rounds. Chicago's got a great fire department, great bosses. You make your rounds. You get in the station. You walk in. Hey, Lieutenant Salka, how you doing? Hey, good, Chief. What's up? Ah, now you talk. You get caught up. The whole, like we talked about, all the different things. We'll talk about some more things here in a minute. And and before he would, like, leave, he'd kind of wander over to the to the day book, or, not, or to the journal, I should say. The journal, I don't want to confuse it to. And he would just... He'd take his finger and he'd go down. He'd start at the top and he'd just take his finger, go all the way down. And then he, he'd make sure that the book's caught up and then he would sign, you know, Chief, Chief Enright, you know, two, you know, 233, that was, you know, Battalion 3rd, but 233, the telegraph key for those of you buffs out there. 
um, you know, in quarters. But, and, and it was just his way of making sure the book was up to date, that everything was up to date. Hey, did they do training? What's going on? And nowadays, you know, we do that electronically on the computers. But just getting out the door, John, I mean, I just start there. Just making rounds. And like you said, visiting the firehouse. If you haven't been there in three days, three shift days, God, that's – a whole world could have went by in that firehouse. Oh, the demeanor. Absolutely. How about the attitude and problems or, or situations that you're missing? And I can't tell you the amount of times, you know, the number of times that, that I've showed up at wherever it was. And uh, sometimes this was in the 18th where I spent many years. Or it could have been when I was bouncing around a little bit earlier. And you show up at a firehouse and you're just like and – and they were just starting drill. Or they were just, just putting together a little saw-cutting prop you know, power saw cutting prop on the apparatus floor or, or right out on the back deck or right out in the back parking lot. And you're like, where is everybody? Well, they're, up, they're up back, chief. You out in the back and there's two lieutenants or a lieutenant and a captain and five or six firefighters are all gathered around the saw. They're just starting it up. And they're like, hey, chief, check this out. Look what Billy brought in. And all of a sudden, there they are. All, all, now, now, they weren't going to call you and say, oh, come on over. But you just <laughs> happen to walk in. You just happen to stop right, right at the right time and they were doing something. And it makes your whole day. For the rest of the day, you're walking with a little bounce in your step saying, eh, those are my guys, into the job, practicing with the saw. You know, I, I, I knew they were good. And, and, and you just, like you said, you catch them doing something oh, good. Clean, cleaning the tools, rewrapping tools. Uh, got a, The co-compartment's emptied out. And I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I didn't like how this was set in here. You know, they had a busy day yesterday and stuff just got jammed back. And, and, and you know, like you said, good guys and gals have that ownership, that pride and ownership, that love where they just – you don't have to ask them. In fact, right, you have to order them. You're making around. You're going, hey, hey, guys, come on, come on. We got to cover a couple of information. Everybody in there in the kitchen, grab a cup of coffee. And then five minutes later, you're out there grabbing Curtis Burke, going, Curtis, come on. Oh, chief, just five more minutes. Let me finish up this thing I'm doing. I'm just spraying this last coat of paint on this. All right. Ten minutes you go out doing. there. Curtis. You're not doing it. You don't realize what you're missing. Oh God. And, and, and to not get out there. First of all, I think when, when, you, when, when the chiefs get out there and make their rounds, I think one of, the, one of the many accidental benefits of that, John, is it kills off a lot of rumors. Because now, hey, you know what? Just wait. Wait, 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 till, wait, till, wait till Chief Salka gets here. We can ask him. We'll, we'll ask right for it. We'll get it right from the horse. Now this end around third party. Hey, Chief, what's up? Hey, what's going on? You know, right? When there's, right. A, when there's a cup of coffee there for you, they either want to just visit or they got a question. And they'll go, I all right, Chief Salka. Every time I walked into 88 Engine, there was a cup of coffee on the table. Every single oh, time. And, and some of it was just hated because it's a great crew. They just want to get caught up. Sometimes, all right, Chief, you know, I remember you talking about when they were when they were cutting back and the whole sick time thing. And they're like, oh, so what are you going to do about this, Chief? What are you going to do? And you said, well, that's simple. We, we get a 1075. I'm going to order up an extra engine and try. I remember you had and, – and the guys are like, okay. And they look at each other like, okay, good. See, all right, so we, we know what, what Chief Salka is going to do when he's riding the buggy today. And I'm just saying it kills off the rumors. They can ask questions about operational things or, hey, what's going on at City Hall? Or, well, you see a guy walk in for a night tour or a change of shift in the morning, you know, hey, I, hey, I heard the heard the close on Engine 6, you know. No, matter of fact, I just came up last night. You know, Chief Bryant was here, and we talked about it because we heard that yesterday, and he said, no, it's a rumor from somewhere else, not true at all. So, like you said, sometimes you get to dispel local or even job-wide rumors, you know, things like that. Oh, now, now, I remember one time I, I relieved a guy, come into work. It was it was in the 18th battalion. It doesn't, doesn't matter who it was or, or when it was. But I, I came in and relieved the guy, and he, and he asked me, he said, uh, hey, uh, how long has 501 engine been out of, out of 88 engine? You know, 501, for those of you that don't know, FDNY, well, certainly current numbers. I mean, I've been retired for eight years now, but 
Um, the 500 series of engines and trucks is uh, the reserve engines. So let's go with the 500 series engines, 501, 502, 503, wherever they might be. It's a fully, fully equipped engine company, tools, SCBAs, hose in the hose bed, ready to go. And obviously they're parked in firehouses that can accommodate, you know, two engines in one bay, right? And they're for use at really dramatic times, like the World Trade Center or some gigantic incident where we can just call a couple hundred people in, send them to a place with their gear, and they can drive out the door, sign on as engine 201 or 501 rather, and we can send them anywhere we want, either to be a backup engine or an extra engine somewhere or to a scene. Anyway, these units are strategically placed around the city, and they have, I mean, literally dozens of them. It was a pretty, was a pretty good idea that they came up with. Uh, and they're all over the city, and one of them happened to be in, in, in 88 engine in, in my battalion. And not where my fire, not not where the battalion was, but in, in the next firehouse down the road. Anyway, one day I come in and I'm and I'm relieving uh, the offgoing chief, and we're exchanging information and talking for you know a good good amount of time about different things. And before he leaves, he goes, "Oh, one more thing." He said, uh, "How the heck long has 501 engine been out of 88 engine? I thought 501 <laughs> was supposed to be there." I said, "Yeah, they were." He said, "Yeah, I I stopped by there today, and 501 was nowhere around, you know." I said, when, when was the last time you stopped by 88 Engine? He said, oh, I, I don't know. I do stop by there occasionally and 48 occasionally and this and that. And I said, 501 hasn't been there for about three months now. He said, really? So what does that tell me? That tells me he hasn't walked that apparatus for in three months. He hasn't walked past it. Now, listen, that's not saying he hasn't stopped there. Maybe he stopped in, took a walk at the house watch, talked to a lieutenant that was there at roll call time, or maybe a couple of guys sitting there, and maybe he hoofed it right back out the door. But still. I always said, if you made the uh, if you make the effort of stopping somewhere, if you make the effort of pulling up, putting the thing in park, getting out, walking inside the firehouse, make the effort of walking around a little bit, seeing what's going on, seeing how good things are, and really, really, you are the boss. You are, you really are checking up a little bit. It's it's in a friendly atmosphere. You're not saying, okay, let me see all the members turn up here. Everybody get your helmet. You know, it's not something like that. But you can wander around and see the condition of things. And if there's a few things like, like old Colin Powell said, never walk past a mistake. You uncover something, you're gonna to have to say something, whether you say it to the boss or whether you call him when you get back to the firehouse and let him know. But you're really not stopping there to do that. You're stopping there to make, to make a showing, to talk a little bit, sort of off the cuff about what's going on in the job. Maybe to compliment the guys about a job they did the night before or the shift before. Hey, by the way, guys, I didn't have a chance. It was the end of the shift. You guys did. You guys did a hell of a job that that second alarm on last shift. I appreciate it. Thanks very much. Or whatever. You know, what I'm saying there's a lot of things you can do on a visit. Well, and it's, it's funny because you know. I remember you, you met Daryl Brown. He's a chief in Grapevine, Texas. Is one of my assistant chiefs for a long time, a battalion chief, a captain. I remember he was a captain on, on, on one of our trucks, a truck companies, and at, at our headquarters station. I'm standing out kind of on the floor, and, I'm, and it was a visit, and I'm looking past them, and this is before we had the exhaust systems in there. And, you know, they leave the doors open because it's Texas a lot to let the air blow through. Otherwise, it gets really hot. But up in, 95 up, in, degree <laughs> up in the trusses were these gigantic – black cobwebs of just crap just you could just picture you know what i'm saying and we're talking and and, it, and and i'm looking at him and he's looking at me and i'm looking over his head at these things and we're talking and i keep looking over his head and i'll never forget this john i think i've told you this once before he looks at me and he goes as he's talking he's going, well yeah chief and you're going to keep looking at that till i till i say something right i go yeah you know and it was just one of those things where you know once in a while you got to get out, like you said, once in a while, you got to get out and you got to talk with the guys and gals. You got to do your own station size up before we even get to the guys. And that's whether that rigs in service, whether things look like crap or just little things. You know, it's just 
being able to walk around and just make sure if you're going to claim that you're the best, if you're going to brag that you're the best, if you're going to say you run a touch touch ship, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, how do you know, unless you get out, walk around once in a while, and take a look, like you said, you you walk out of there, beam and go, man, my guys, they're training all the time. They look at all the tools are painted. You know, like I said, if you ever had a chance, I don't want to inundate them with visitors, but if you're ever visiting and you're in the Bronx, go by 88 engine, 38 truck. If you want to see a firehouse that's dialed in with great leadership, that looks if you think it looks great on the outside, wait till you get inside. That's one of those places, you know what I'm saying? Hundred year old building. And and you know what? That don't happen on accident. And 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 but you're not gonna know that if you're that now before we go even further, we're talking about sizing up the firehouse, getting out and killing off rumors. John, there's been times I know I've walked into, there's been times I know as a battalion, if you walked into a firehouse, how many times have you walked in and you hear a nice discussion going on between a lieutenant or a captain and a firefighter, and you do an about face, you just you just turn around and you go, whoop, time to get out. Or you grab a cup of coffee and you wander off and you just let them hold their coaching and counseling session. How important is it to yeah. let, you know. You, you and I have had this discussion both in class and, and on our own a couple of times. I've, I've only had it a couple of times, but but they were memorable. And, and they were always they were always good officers, a good captain or a good new young lieutenant. And I, listen, I got to tell you, I never plugged myself into that stuff. I, n- I never stuck my nose in. And why not? Business or lieutenant's business. If somebody's in the process of advising somebody or teaching somebody or maybe maybe lacing into somebody a little bit, if somebody's in the middle of doing that, that's their business, that's their job. Whatever's happening is happening. I've said this a million times before. I have no problem with joining in, jumping in, and assisting a company officer with any kind of any kind of discussions with people to make things better, any kind of disciplinary issues, any kind of support, you know, but but they got to ask me. I don't jump in there all on my own. You know what I'm saying? Company officers, at least in my job in the FDNY, are, are very tuned in and very aware of what's going on, and they know if somebody needs a little talk, they get it done. Now, listen, I'm not saying they do it all the time on the apparatus floor where other people can hear it. Once in a while, stuff just arises. And the boss is like, whoa, 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 what are you? And all of a sudden, there they are having this conversation. And if I just happen to be there, like I said, I'll either stay in the kitchen, finish the cup of coffee, wait for the lieutenant to come in. Or if I'm at the front desk, I might say, you know what? Tell, tell the captain I'll give him a call later. I'm, 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 I just stopped by for a quick visit. I'll see him later. And out the door, I'll go and jump in the car and we'll, we'll call him back later. Often, often he won't even call me and say, gee, I, heard, I, I missed you before. Sorry, I was in the back uh, taking care of something. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Again, I don't, I don't get involved in that. Officers know if they need assistance, if they need backup, if they need the support of their boss, which is me, I got, a, I got an open door and I got a phone number that works. They can call me anytime for advice, for assistance and everything else. So that's how I measure it. I let the company officers manage their own shift, manage their own disciplinary situations, their own pluses and minuses. And unless they really need help or unless I see them doing something that, that needs attention itself, I let them, I let them run their shift. So we don't have to meddle in their business, but, but at the same time, you know, like I said, if they're, if they're seeking a, a learning opportunity, the growth stage, if they will, in their leadership world, where they need some advice from Chief Salka, you're there for them without meddling into their business, you know, and letting them do. And, and I think that goes a long way, John, confidence wise that, you know, I, let them do their thing and, and them knowing that you have confidence in them to let them work on their firehouse stuff without the battalion chief meddling in. How, how about, how about this? We've talked about this in, in our, our field chief officers class about making rounds. This is a great time to do some mentoring, right? This is a great time to sit with some of those young officers over a cup of coffee and some of those firefighters and work with them 
um, and get things done. Uh, it, it, what a great opportunity, right? I've, I've done that. I know you have done that too. You, you stop somewhere where there's a, maybe a new captain or a new lieutenant. Obviously, two gigantically different things in my fire department. A new lieutenant is, is a fireman dressed up in a lieutenant's uniform that went to school, <laughs> and now they got him in the field, and he's, and he's learning how to be a lieutenant. So there's, there's some things he's looking for. And, and, and you do. You have to remember that the guy really is a, is a firefighter in disguise that's been promoted, and he doesn't have his legs yet. Now, you've you got a, a new captain. He was a lieutenant for five or six years. He's already been riding the front seat, dealing with the guys and everything else. He's got some added responsibility now as a captain, which is a wonderful thing, a wonderful command structure that we have in the FDMY. Every company, every battalion has four officers, and one of them is a senior officer, and in the, in the company, it's a captain, and he's a company commander. And in a battalion, it's, it's, it's a battalion chief, just like the other three, but he's designated as the battalion commander. So when, when you're dealing with a captain, you're dealing with somebody who's already been an officer. They've been riding the seat in the front seat for five sometimes seven or eight years until they make captain. Uh, but those are always great conversations because when a guy makes captain, then he's just one rank, one test, one lucky Saturday away from making battalion chief, which is what <laughs> you are. And suddenly you get to pick the guy's brain. So are you going to stop here? Are you moving on or what? Oh, no, no. Are you a chief test coming up? I'm going to jump right into it. Or, hey, you know what? I'm done. I got 23 years. I'm, I'm glad I made captain. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang around to top pay and I'm, I'm heading down to Florida or whatever it is. So you're right. You, you get a lot of, a lot of good opportunities when visiting the firehouse to, to deal with people other than at the scene of a fire and emergency, which you, you deal with them all the time. I could go on 20 or 30 runs in 24 hours and see the same officer seven times, but I never have that same conversation as I would have sitting at the, sitting at the kitchen table with a cup of coffee. Exactly. And, and you know, so we, we've been talking about, you know, pulling up and sizing up the firehouse, sizing up the crew inside, outside the firehouse, seeing, just staying up to date, staying connected, meeting with your people. Um, John, how important is it, and I know where you're going to go with this, so I'm kind of leading you down that path, for the BC or the shift chief to show up at training. If you're, When we're talking about making rounds, the importance of the battalion chief or the shift commander, whoever that person is, making rounds, how important is it? Now, you don't, I know you can't make every training session, and you don't have to be at every training session, but how important is it, and what do you gain out of showing up at training once in a while? Well, you know what, if, if you got – if you got a good battalion or a good crew or a good district, whatever it is that you're working, if you have good officers that are, that are dedicated to training and, and crew development and keeping their guys, you know, safe and, and, and all that, that, that's a good start. Obviously. Um, I always like stopping by and, and, and this brings up a whole separate little story about the FDNY. Well, it's gotta be 20 years ago. Now it used to be just either you'd hope they were training when you stopped by in the afternoon or, or you'd call up 56 truck. Hey, Lieutenant Chief Salka, how you doing? What, what are you training today? Oh, Chief, uh, we were thinking actually about training maybe this afternoon about 3 o'clock. Okay, I'm going to stop by. So now they know I'm stopping by. Now 88 Engine hasn't heard from me. They, they probably assume I'm not coming by for drill. FDNY about 20 years ago said, guess what? 2 o'clock in the afternoon is drill time. Nobody has to call. Nobody has to check. You should be able to stop anywhere you want at 2 o'clock. They should be training. And on a night shift, which we have two separate shifts, they should be drilling at 7 p.m. in the firehouse or out in front or out back, whatever. Um, and you know, it worked really good because that took that whole, let me call up and see if they're going to be around and what they're doing. It took that whole element out of the training piece. And now I can be coming back from a run at the last minute and tell my aide, oh, oh, turn down here. Let's stop by 88 real quick. It's, it's 7.15. They should be in the middle of drill. We could take a mark, have a cup of coffee, and then we don't have to go out after dinner tonight. You know, so we could do that. You couldn't do that years ago. And, and I got to tell you, I drill officers, lieutenants, captains, and sometimes firefighters. You, you can see the sharp the shop guys, 
You know, sometimes, I don't mean they really show off, but they show their stuff sometimes, especially when the Chiefs show. You know, I never got involved in drill, really. I used to come and sit in the back row and just watch what was going on. Sometimes guys didn't even know I was there. But it was nice for the officers to get a little attention from the Chiefs doing, doing training, which some guys, I never did. Some guys look at training almost as a chore. I never thought it was. But I always, I always, that was always on, my I favorite part of the day. Huh? That, was always, that was always my favorite part of the day was training. I never missed it. I always came in and said, that was the first thing I put on my desk. What are we going to drill on today? What time is it going to be? What are the guys interested in? What's been going on around here lately? What new rig or new tool did they get? You know, always, always a piece of cake. Well, and like you said, it gives you a chance to see how, how dialed in they are, how the new, the probies may be doing, how, how they're you know, pro- progressing with their skill set and so on and so forth. And, you know, you get to see the, the crew, the, if they're gelling okay and, and just, you know, how, how, things are, how things are working. Um, how about this? It also gives you a chance making rounds to, and I, and I used to think this was critical was, especially the communication thing was new SOPs or SOGs or whatever you call them coming down the pipe, a chance for you to really get out and say, Hey, you know, I, I every, I know we send these things out. Usually you, I, I really want to sit down with everybody and make sure that we're all dialed in. Cause this one, this one's pretty big. This isn't just, all right, it's time to change from wearing shorts to wearing long pants. This is something operationally and, and as the, as the battalion commander as the, or as the, the shift commander this battalion the importance of sitting down john and talking about the stuff the new policies the stuff coming from admin from headquarters or whatever uh i guess for me not like i said sitting down with everything every policy but once in a while there's something that you really want to sit down and make sure they're dialed in with right yeah i mean even something it, it could be doesn't have to be but it could be an unpopular policy change it could be something that the guys aren't really excited about and then when you go in and talk a little bit about it, say listen guys excitement isn't part of the game today this is something new that the fire department's doing it's going to be good for all of us whether you really like it or not put that aside for a minute and let's let's get this done right let's let's do what we do here in the fdny and 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 your little visit could make the difference between people sort of piling on and, and getting not excited but getting involved with something i remember I remember when I was a captain of 48 engine, that's when the FDMY went to officially do an EMS. Obviously people pulled a box and we get there and there was an accident or somebody injured or a kid fall off a bike. We would always do it, but we went officially into the EMS world. Giuliani was the mayor. He closed the EMS agency and combined it with the fire department, made it the bureau of the FDMY. And voila, there you have ambulances with the FDMY patch on the door and, and engines, which I was a captain of responding as, um, CFRD engine, certified first responders with a defibrillator, all trained up. Everybody was trained and certified on all that. And my guys were not happy. Now, I must tell you, I wasn't happy either, but my guys weren't happy. And they were like, hey, Cap, this is going to suck. We're going to miss runs. We're going to miss jobs. I said, yep. And they're like, what? I said, yeah, well, of course we are. You got on an EMS run, you're just turning out for it, or you're just arriving there and you got to deal with something, or you're in a car accident and you're there as the EMS engine. If a box comes in, you're not going. Somebody else is going to go. They said, yeah, well, that's it. You know, we're going to miss a lot of work and a lot of runs around here. I said, listen, I'm not going to, you know, not going to sugarcoat this. Yeah, we're going to miss some runs and we're going to miss some jobs. But know that 75 engine and 88 engine are going to go out on EMS runs that they're going to miss and they're going to call 48 engine. They're going to call us to replace them on boxes that we wouldn't have went on, but they're going to miss it. So in the end, I think we're going to make about the same amount of work for the day. I said, and the second thing is, I point to their helmet. What does it say on your helmet? And what? What does it say on your helmet? 
48. I said, that's right. This is 48 engine. This company has been here a long time before any of us is going to be here a long time after all of us. We're going to turn out and work and perform at EMS runs just like we do at fire runs. We are going to do what 48 engine has always done. We're going to do great work. We're going to turn out quick. We're going, to, we're going to do whatever job it is we're assigned to do and get it done just like we would on all hands. You wouldn't tell the chief, ah, shucks, we don't want the second line. Ah, we don't want to protect an exposure. We do what, we do what we're told to do, right? Well, EMS is no different. And so I sort of appeal to their company pride, and, 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 and I tell that story a lot because I'm very happy with that. I'm very happy that that, I, that that occurred to me, not that I thought of it, that I'm some bright guy. I'm just glad that that occurred to me to appeal to their company pride because most fire companies, most firefighters have a lot of company and department pride. And sometimes you can get some stuff done, maybe that they're not really behind or that wasn't they really their idea. And that's the kind of, that, those are the kind of little things you can get done on a visit. And you can, you, you can stop by three or four firehouses and get that message through to three or four shifts or three or four crews on the same shift. And with just a, maybe a half hour visit, you know? Well, and, and I, you know how I feel about the, the company pride and instilling pride is just huge uh, when it comes to the whole passion and loving the job. But um I, I guess, you know, we've been talking, John, about the importance of, of the, the battalion chief or the shift commander, the field chief, if you will, making rounds. Um, I think a, and I know it's something that in our battalion chief schools, we, we really focus on, we spend some time on because it's a huge component of the day for, I'll tell you, every successful shift commander, BC, I've ever been around has been one that is out and makes the rounds is out with their people. You know, we all have work to do. You'll find them up in the office in the evening getting caught up because the stuff that they're behind on a little bit paperwork wise, they're behind because they were out with their people, you know, and, and you know, they, they sacrifice some free time in the evening because they're out doing their stuff and meeting with their guys and gals. And I just think it brings everybody together. I think it, like I said, kills off the rumors. There's, you know, we, it, hell, our, our subtitle on our book is from the firehouse to the fire ground. It just, I think it, I think it carries so much out onto the street if things are going well back in the firehouse. I think that's huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Hey, another one, another one, folks. All right. So, you know, again, the importance of, of, of the battalion chief making their rounds, man, to their firehouses. So uh, another one in the can, John, for us. Um, another great uh, topic. Uh, they want to get a hold of John Salka, best way. Chief John Salka at gmail.com. And as always, I'm Chief Lasky at gmail.com. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we ask you always uh, when we end these shows to please keep the men and women armed forces in your thoughts and prayers. And remember, never forgetting means just that, never forgetting. Thank you. God bless you and be safe.